You have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contact's code names are Luke. But also, here's the thing about Airbnb. It's like a 50-50 shot that the place you see online is going to look like the place you get into. And then when you're there, are you going to put in the effort to like fight it if it's not what you thought you were going to get? And I fucking hate it because of the 10 times I've done an Airbnb, about three or four of them have been kind of shitty. And you just let it go. But what are you paying for at that point? And that sucks. Bad. But these people were like the most attractive Trump supporters I'd ever seen. Because they didn't look like schlubby Michigan Trumpers, you know what I mean? They were they were fit, tan people oh, who yeah. hike in the mountains of Sedona. My. Let's see if there's a Mort Krim editorial. He didn't do shit like that so much as Bonds did because Mort took his, you know, his straight down the middle integrity very seriously. And Scott. That Southern hospitality shit is a myth. I think that only extends like five in a five mile <laughs> radius out from wherever they're talking about. Luke just stepped away, but we're live. It's the latest dose of the Is It Safe podcast. You're aboard and free to discuss anything that's on your mind on the show. I'm Michael Govier at MJ Govier on Twitter. If you choose to contact me, you're welcome to. GOV is at Victor IER. And of course, Matt, Scott, and Luke are here with me. It's the return of the whole crew. We are back. United is one. Four people. Matt, you just had a vacation. How do you feel? Fantastic. I'm ready to macro dose on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds like a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about all kinds of shit. We got emails. We have two emails, not just one, two emails this week, which is very exciting. Uh, shout oh, out to sure. Danny, who's been sending emails on the Thank regular. You, Danny. We also got an email from a guy named Eric. Uh, so he was curious about Eric. the show. Yeah, I definitely need that. Fuck. But uh, but Matt, so how did it go? How do you feel? Tell us about your whole travels. Tell us the stories. It was good, man. I went to the American Southwest, Arizona, where I don't know if you heard of it, but a massive scale voter fraud happened there. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. put I just Joe Biden about this. Yeah. I just found, what was, it, was it John Oliver or something? Uh, Maricopa County is endless, endless recount that just keeps going. Is audit. <laughs> yeah, apparently. And I, I was, just found I, out about it. I was there. It was in Maricopa County, which is where, uh, I don't know if you remember you Sheriff in? Joe. Of Sheriff course. Sheriff Joe Arpaio, that was where he was. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the heart of the, it's Phoenix and everything, right? Oh, yeah, so, but there's, I, so there's no homeless. It's totally clean. Everything is pretty much buttoned up. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they're, yeah, that's it's hard to get produce, though. Yeah, it is. Uh, but I was actually in uh, Sedona, which is like a uh, oh, new aging place. God damn. People, dude. There's nothing more buzzier right now in America in terms of like a place to go than Sedona. I swear to God, really? Everybody goes. I know so many people who've gone there over the last couple of years. I'm not even kidding. It's beautiful. I'd recommend it, uh, but it's very full of independently wealthy people who don't have jobs. And uh, there's a lot of people in the recovery community there too. There, there's a big facility there, um, wow. which I, yeah, I don't blame them. There's also, also I've heard about it. I recently heard about this on a, a podcast. Were you shown a brochure? Uh, and, and, uh, Somebody just saw me on the street and was like, "Dude, was there an intervention?" Immediately, crock of shit. Yeah, it's not even a friend. It was a total stranger. Just saw me at Trader Joe's. Was like, "Fuck, get your shit together." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's like uh, healing energy. 
there's healing healing energy and uh, energy vortexes in Sedona. Apparently, there's a bunch of fake cool. new agey bullshit. <laughs> yeah, all that shit. Like yeah. Arco Santi, did you go to that shit? Oh, uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, no, <laughs> not specifically. But uh, there's like you know beautiful views and you can hike. Uh, went to the Grand Canyon. That was weird. Oh, that uh, sounds beautiful. I would love to. I've never seen the Grand Canyon, but I have. What did you, what did you have? It. A few drinks this morning? Huh? I, I think you did, didn't you? <laughs> You'd like to have a few drinks this morning? Did you cut loose? I mean, even though people yeah. are in recovery out there, did you have some drinks? Uh, oh, certainly. Uh, that was, you mean that out, was of part. Re- out of respect? I was on vacation. Spend the whole week sober? <laughs> yeah. We can't drink here. Well, it's funny. I just got off uh, the bookstore. We were. Uh, we had our like monthly meeting and uh, <clears throat> at the bookstore, we, before the pandemic, we hosted not, not, we didn't sponsor it, but we let these guys host an AA meeting upstairs on Wednesdays. We were just oh. talking about how we, and then those, those days we out of respect did not drink at the bookstore, but uh, just remembering how I miss the AA guys. Uh, Cause they would, they were always coming into the bookstore. Some of them were friendly. Some of them were not. It was very not anonymous though, because we knew everybody. Whatever, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you get some of that, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that's a, a perfect place to have an AA meeting. It's usually churches, libraries, uh, convention, it, like a local air. What do they call those? I don't know. Community centers. Right? Airbnbs. Yeah. No. Book, no. You book a separate Airbnb. <laughs> you and your you and your alcoholic friends and no, uh, v- VFW. You surround yourself with a bunch of, yeah. of alcohol and, uh, and you try not to drink. <laughs> exactly, Scott. Yes, that's exactly For, no. fraternal order of eagles. Uh, yeah, yeah. And stuff. Moose. <laughs> Look, there was no way. Yeah, Airbnbs, they would not. That would not last. That one is long gone. <laughs> it would be well, pretty brief, I must say. So. I Yes, I'm aware of that. <laughs> so so the, the Grand Canyon, you saw that shit. Not to interrupt you. Yeah. I didn't hear about the Grand Canyon. Because I saw the Grand Canyon for, you know, 23 minutes when I was out there. And I was trying to internalize it all with with that time. time. I mean, that was kind of, uh, to be honest, that's about as much time as we spent there. <laughs> I was wondering if that was your experience as well. Yeah. No, it was, it was more like an hour. But we were with some our lady friends. Where like they like went to the gift shop. They were done pretty fast. So. Oh, so you didn't go out there with Marianne? <laughs> no, I did. But then she left, and then I, me and my buddy Andrew were just sort of like, oh, I guess we're at the Grand Canyon, and we gotta go now. We gotta try to. Now we have to drive two and a half hours back. <laughs> oh, God. That sounds amazing. It, w- it was fantastic. <laughs> so what about yeah, the, it was worth uh, it. What about the flying? How was your flights? Well, I was listening to the show last week. Good show last week. Um, Great show, and, guys. Uh, well done. You know the 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 woman who wouldn't who like was daring the flight attendant to make her to put on her mask was also on my flight i think maybe the same <laughs> just, yeah, yeah she did say she was like next week i'm gonna be in arizona you I'm fucking better Sedona. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but i think i actually think they were different it might, might have been the, that woman's daughter um because uh this was like a young 20 something these these girls were like drinking screwdrivers on the, you know on the plane and they were uh, they were ready. They were leaving to party. They were going to Arizona to party, like Scottsdale or some shit. But the one girl just like, like the mask was just falling off her face. It was just like, just cascading from her face constantly. At this point, the ma- the, even the masks have given up. They're like, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> and, uh, you know, I didn't really care, I guess, but it, oh. the, the steward or flight attendant was very not. Uh, she was said, not you almost said stewardess? It. Holy shit. A steward. Oh, steward. Canceled. I they were called plane maids. <laughs> <laughs> plane maids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it really felt like the pandemic was over. Besides the fact that people were wearing masks, I mean, people just did not give a fuck. It was asses to elbows in there. Every seat sold on the plane, butts to nuts, and Dude, uh, asses to elbows and butts to nuts. You're definitely going to spread some virus that way. There, there's no, yeah, there's no question. Diseases were were rampant. Yeah, get your point. elbow out of my asshole. By the way, there was a word uh, <laughs> on last week's podcast that I. Made. Made a mental note of, uh, I think it was libidinous. I heard that several times. Does that mean you get lots of you yeah. get boners? It means that there's uh, <laughs> pent up sexual energy. That yeah, yeah. It means you got yeah. means you got a rock hard boner. <laughs> yeah, I think the week before that doesn't Luke usually about, well, not if you Luke was talking about high TV, tea I mean, and low tea and yeah, you know. yeah. Got low tea. Things, <laughs> hey, listen, if we if you can't if you listen to like uh, punk rock or heavy metal or whatever the and you and you don't recognize that there's some form of pent up sexual energy uh, that needs to get out. Uh, you know, yeah. very. Yeah. I feel like you're hey. in denial. I mean, come on, let's just be real. Libidinous Anarchist is my favorite crass song. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> I don't think that's a song, but <laughs> no, I was good. Uh, <laughs> that's I don't even know yeah, what Scott, that means. I don't oh. know what you're saying. <laughs> Scott, you uh, so you, you flew international, so that must have been weird. But I was just dealing with strictly U.S. and A American, uh, you know, travelers, mm-hmm. traditional American assholes. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everything going there and back was fine, except for these handful of people. You know, uh, I don't know. I mean, we had to get a. I don't know if I mentioned it on last week's pod. We had to get you know the, the just the truth. You know, fucking eight inches up your nose. First, like COVID test I've ever had, where it tickled my brain. Oh, just yeah. you know to come back, which is fine. Like whatever you just have to do it but you don't have to do that if you're just traveling domestically i don't right. think right you don't have to give it you don't have to get a uh, test well i just had to lie to delta <laughs> when checking in yeah it's so funny there's so much trust that is assumed with all of this shit in society it's hilarious <laughs> Like, we trust that the vaccines are putting shit in our body. That's legit. We trust that people are not going to lie about their symptoms. The symptoms yeah. in particular being the biggest load of shit that is most susceptible. But I want to know, did anybody annoy you on the plane overall, or was it relatively painless? The way home was fine, but uh, actually, you know, my wife probably annoyed me more than anybody because she was ultra triggered about by every, like, sniffle. She'd be like, <gasps> my arm, like, Ugh. I'm a flipper to gibbet. <laughs> wow. So it would have been it would have been easier for me to travel solo, I think. But uh, is that better than a chatty Kathy? Yeah, I didn't. There was no chatting. That was good. So uh, <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting. That's really what the discussion. Mm. You know, all this fucking COVID talk for the last year and a half, and ro- what it really comes down to is when the hell are when when are we just going to give it up? It can't be. We we can't be. F- feeling that way like five years from now can we i mean can we be tweaking out about sneezing like in three calendar years from now 
We're all going to collectively jump off a fucking bridge if that's the case. Well, in yeah. Marianne's defense, she would be triggered regardless of the pandemic by yeah, gross exactly. people on an airplane. Okay, but, well, uh, yeah, that's... There's, there's, no, there's no way to sustain this level of just attention to, to this type of thing for that long. You, you can't constant, constantly be on edge. Well, year here's an in, year out. It's got to go. It has to, it's going to, it has to wane because you'd be exhausted. You know, we wore, we wore two okay, masks on the way out when we were like the only people on the airplane doing that. And I was only doing that to humor. You wore two masks? <laughs> wow. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. Well, we did on the way back. After you got two vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a favorite of Jibbet. Um, but on the way back, we didn't. We just wore the, the standard one and that was good. But okay. it was interesting being in Arizona where the pandemic is definitely over. Uh, like people are just like waltzing in the stores with flip flops on, no mask, you know, Whole Foods. They're just. I like that the flip flops are relevant somehow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, dude, you got no mask. You're wearing flip flops. The they respect the wearing here? shoes to a minimal degree. Uh, <laughs> that, that rule. They have, these, they have very skimpy shirts and flip flops. These which are, are the required guys. by law. But they don't These are masks. the guys that got a, they got annoyed by the uh, mask sign on the door, but never cared about the no shirt, no shoes, no service sign. They just fucking walked right into that one. <laughs> well, every morning we would go I to this. I love rumors. We would go to this uh, coffee shop that, you know, it was a good coffee shop and it had a fucking mountain view. It was real Wrong. nice. <laughs> but the, the staff there defiantly not wearing masks. And a lot of the clientele also not wearing masks. And then all of a sudden I got the vibe like, oh, this is like a weird libertarian hangout. Like these people are getting oh, off on this. And then I saw a guy with a laptop with a Trump sticker on it. And then like yes! another guy, a guy with like a trucker uh, hat. That is an odd use of a Trump sticker, dude. I'm sorry. On a laptop. <laughs> yeah. On a back of all, of all He got kicked out of Starbucks. That's why he's on there. But these people were like, <laughs> the most attractive Trump supporters I'd ever seen because they didn't look like schlubby Michigan Trumpers. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, they, they were, they were fit tan people oh, who yeah. hike in the mountains of Sedona and they Did just anyone, uh, <laughs> sun carved out of stone. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. like, that's what, that's where you get in California and Arizona and Florida. They're all down there. They're getting tanned and they're not fat necessarily. Did anybody <laughs> say this to you though? Get in your mouse and get out of here. <laughs> they did with their eyes. Just with their eyes. Oh, okay. But nobody directly said. Get in your mouse. Get out of here. That's I good. love. That's hold good. on. Wait. I love that scene real quick because he's like, uh, I wouldn't show. I wouldn't show up to entertain a bunch of kids at ten in the morning with alcohol in my breath or whatever. And it's like, dude, who the fuck else should get to do that? That guy. <laughs> that is the guy. He's dressed. That's him. In a, he drove in a mouse. He's dressed as a clown. Yeah, it doesn't that really guy. fit the profile of Uncle Buck's. Like Uncle Buck's having too quick of, oh, of a course, I turn know, I know. in character, I right? Know. It's like, yes, it a couple is. Of scenes he, ago, this guy was staying up late. Oh, that's drinking, true. You know, yeah. So, it dude, seems they like should have they should have had a scene where he was totally with that guy, or not with that guy, but like <laughs> yes! in a similar situation yeah. where that was at totally the bowling cool. alley or something. He yes. ran into him, like, oh, dude, hell yeah, you do my kids a thing in a couple of days. We'll see you there. Because <laughs> <laughs> he would fit right in, right? Oh, hell yes. That dude, definitely a bowler. <laughs> but the guy's response is like, dude, come on, give me a fucking break. You know, and then he just fucking clocks him right in the nose. 
<laughs> I mean, it's it's classic. Uncle Buck is a oh, classic. It's and it will it will always be a classic. Who that's are he you? Says, uh, yeah. That is bullshit. He says, uh. <laughs> What's that thing he says? Oh, I can't remember. Oh. Hey, you, let me tell you something, you low-life lion, four-flushing sack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's so simple and short, but it's always stuck. It's so funny. It, that's, that's how you do comedy, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, and the, and the nose, like, honks when he punches him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. What did, you, what did you have, a few drinks this morning? Huh? I, I think you did, didn't you? <laughs> I think you did, didn't you? Yeah. Anyways, uh, it's great to have Matt back here on the show. Matt, welcome back. It's so great to have all four of us here. Uh, Luke and me don't have any vacations lined up. I guess we're the big losers here. Oh, I yeah. think Luke's yeah. going out of town uh, this weekend, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna. I was saving that. I was, you know, I was just gonna wait, say. Wait, 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 wait. Well, I thought, it's not Memorial Day weekend. I thought you guys usually go. Isn't that when you usually go? That's why we didn't do Memorial Day weekend. Just to. Stupid. Uh, <clears throat> We're doing it on a, a lower, whatever, lower intensity weekend. So uh, Thursday through, yeah, well, Thursday through Monday, we're going to South Carolina. Whereabouts? Awesome. Uh We're going to go to Folly Beach. I've been there. I have spent time on Folly Beach. It's awesome. Yeah, and we've got a friend that's pretty close, too, but uh, we've got. I live there. Yeah. So. Really? Yeah. So Luke did there, I visit yeah. you? Yeah, I visited you in Folly Beach. Yeah. You and Coomer and all those guys came down. Couldn't remember exactly what place that was, but that's what it's kind of at. a party spot, isn't it? Oh yeah. It's but it's locals only. They I don't like so. tourists. Yeah. Well, at least that's yeah. how it used to be in two thousand four, but things changed. So I lived literally no, Well good. I won't look like a tourist. I'll be wearing my Texas is the reason sweatshirt. Um, how did you my, my Detroit hat and how did you uh what made you guys bag. decide to go down there? Yeah. Is it a secret? I, I don't even know. No, it, uh, is it Chris, it just, uh, no, it's not. It's not at all. Uh, Kristen just got really into going to South Carolina. She was just like, we have to go to South Carolina. And I was like, all right, She's fine. Wise. So let's do it. I didn't want to complicate it. And we were thinking about where do we go in the, in the, you know, within the country. It's a 13 hour drive. You're not driving. So we're going to be doing the flights. Uh, so I was going to ask you. Oh, you're like, flying? How- <laughs> Holy shit. We have to. I mean, I'm yeah, not driving. Into Charleston, I assume. The last time we were there, yeah. Luke, 11 years ago, when we went to no Guile's wedding, who lives down there, Steve, That's he still lives there. But he got married yep. in October of uh, 2010. So me and Luke and this girl who was depressed a lot, but very hot, uh, we all went down there and uh, we stayed at a condo. <laughs> I'm going on the that way. <laughs> <laughs> We stayed at a condo uh, down at Edisto Beach. It was great. and uh, But I drove down there. I got to drive the convertible that was my mom's, so that was kind of cool. So I looked cooler than I really was. But I've never flown to the small airport in Charleston, so that's a new one. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> yeah it'll, it'll be isn't, a isn't fun that, flying experience. Isn't that where the South started the War of Northern Aggression? That's correct. <laughs> oh, that is I correct. do remember... Yeah, so. I, I do remember nothing but like uh, postcards with kudzu plants on them and shit. And I was like, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. And it just was all South She'll Rise Again stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I grabbed a bunch of those. I don't remember where I, I definitely didn't send them back to Whoopsie Michigan. I think daisy. I just grabbed them at a gas station on the way out. Yeah. That's awesome a, that they're somewhere. They're I somewhere. have a libertarian friend that I want you to say hi to while you're down there. 
Awesome. He lives in uh, he lives in Charleston. I'm like, why are you going to Charleston? I was like, oh, maybe that makes sense. As long as <laughs> as long as he doesn't like wearing masks, dude, I'm with it. Well, so you guys are staying. I'm on sick Valley of this Beach. shit. That's why you I'm guys going get to South Carolina. Airbnb. Hotel. We did. Oh, we tried. The, we tried the, the hotel. Holy we shit! We tried. Man. We tried so many Airbnbs. It was it was impossible. Yeah, Everyone this shit's over up. until until November. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, we didn't start. We didn't start looking until like last month. I don't know what it's called now, but it's basically just the one hotel there in Folly Beach. When you come in, because you got to cross like bri- little tiny bridges to get over the marshland to get to Folly Beach. There's only one way in and out. Uh, you got to go through James Island, which is where, by the way, the famous Black Regiment from Glory, which is a controversial film for some people, but it was about a Black Regiment fighting in the Civil War. They literally did oh. fight a battle. They fought their first battle at James Island. So I always found that to be an interesting historical note. But at any rate. I don't know what they used to call the hotel if they changed the name, but it's just that one hotel that's right on the water. You get right in there. I'm guessing it's called right. Tides. Yes! <laughs> right by all the bars. <laughs> by the way, I think you can still smoke inside in South Carolina without ah, a mask. On. So you don't need to wear a mask in the bar not, as long as you're smoking and drinking. No yeah. way. <laughs> Holy shit balls. Dude, that's Listen, awesome. if you're not if if you're not ripping a heater and you got a pint in your hand, mask on. Mask it up. Be be <laughs> fucking courteous. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Come on, man. We're all trying to live a life. Oh, it's here. A, oh there is more than one. So I was wrong. The, the the big hotel on the water there at the back is uh you're right. It's called Tides, but there's a holiday inn right next to it. That's weird. They didn't used to be there. They must well, I swear they, they must have built that. Oh, well, luckily they've developed the beachfront. That's nice. You love to see big square hotels going up all along the beachfront. Well, actually, the Holiday Inn is uh, two blocks up from the water, so it's not even on the water. You're on the water at Tides because that's right on the beach, which is great. Uh, so that was the other thing with the Airbnbs. We couldn't find an Airbnb for under like $300 a night. <laughs> that was That was like that had water in the window. Like you couldn't see the water. <laughs> In any so if you unless you were gonna spend I think it was like actually closer to four or five hundred dollars a night to stay it. anywhere on the beach. And we were like, what the fuck did we let's just go to Hawaii? You know, I mean we just got to the point where like this is insane. <laughs> let's uh, go to Hawaii. And then and then I was also like, you know what, hey, this is fucking COVID. I you know, I'd actually rather not be in an Airbnb right now. Uh normally I'm not in your mouth that concerned. Get but, out of here. But also, here's the thing about Airbnb. It's almost a, it's like a 50-50 shot that you're going to, that the place you see online is going to look like the place you get into. And then when you're there, are you going to put in the effort to like fight it if it's not what you thought you were going to get? And then it's like, all right, what is the, it's, there's no fucking rules. It is is an unregulated space. And I fucking hate it because of the 10 times I've done an Airbnb, about three or four of them have been, kind of shitty and you just let it go but what are you paying for at that point and right. that sucks that the pittsburgh one we caught a break the one we talked about caught a break yeah. yeah yeah dude it's a fucking martial arts studio that's awesome yeah my brother, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my brother and his ex went down to uh siesta key it's a hot place to go now in florida right siesta key i think there's a fucking dumb mtv show about yeah, it or is. something there is, yeah. See, Matt knows. Uh, but they, yeah, they yeah, met Matt's Airbnb. They flew yeah. down there and everything. They had Airbnb looked amazing. They paid good money for it. When they get there, the place is a shithole, and it made them sick. Like it was like it was uh, just like awful. So you're yeah. right. Yeah. There's, this is why 
you know, regulation. Hotel industry is regulated. That's a good thing. Uh, it doesn't cannot, always work. Yeah. It's you shitty in very predictable ways. A hotel. Yes, exactly. <laughs> of course it is. Exactly. Of course. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not a hotel junkie, but like, dude, the, the rating on on like when you look for a hotel, it says, "Do you want a four star or a three star?" <laughs> it's baked. It's literally baked into the actual like options that you have. Yeah. But, but think about Airbnb, that. Think about how crazy that is. You can you can book a four star or a two star hotel. If you book a two star and you complain about the fact that like there's a fucking Pepsi stain on the floor and uh, you know a dead raccoon in the bathtub, that's on you. <laughs> well, the Airbnb we got uh, in Sedona was one of the rare cases where it was better than the pictures. I mean, it was like yes. really nice. That can happen too. I think when an Airbnb it, is though. good, it's way better than a hotel could ever be. Man, that's that's wild. Just, I've never, it's, just, it's too it's too much of a X factor. I've never uh, really had a, a bad Airbnb experience, to be completely honest. Like I'm not saying it's never been just saying that like, terrible. I haven't either, John, like, but they do compared happen. to the yeah. pictures or whatever. Sure. You know, like the the like the curtain rods are falling down and like the bed sheets feel moist you you really have to look at the, the to be fair though every time i booked an airbnb i've combed over the photos like 105 times yep. just to make sure i'm like is that like a pepsi stain on the curtains because <laughs> if it is, like, is that's fine but if it's only 83 bucks a night then whatever is that a shot <laughs> is that a shadow of a peeper in the behind the window I also have like really looking in from outside. I have low expectations. You know, it's like okay, fine. This is this is cool. Generally, I'm not going on vacation to hang out in an Airbnb for 16 hours a day. I'm going because there's other shit around the Airbnb that I want to be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're going, if you're going with your uh, girlfriend or wife, and Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and you are. Spending pretty good money to like take the flight and, and do this for three or four days. Mm-hmm. You, you just, it's just one of, it's what? not one it's of those things ass. you want to fucking deal with when you get there in case it's definitely in case it sucks or you, you don't want it to be subpar and you don't want it to be like, oh, we're, we're in the apartment that's like next to this other apartment in a rickety, you know, weird townhouse condo thing that all these houses are basically they've all been converted all these awesome houses in south carolina have been converted into multiple units and so they all have varying degrees of up keptness because i want anyhow whatever it's not important moving on moving on yeah good lord uh we're starting to talk about south carolina realty here live on the end of the same (laughs) dear god can we bleep the last like five minutes of everything i said actually no no. uh luke's gonna be at tides uh may whatever (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually luke luke at the hotel bar have a heater and a beer You think I'm, I want you to drive down Ashley Avenue and take a picture of my old house. I know it's still there. So I will do that. Time. It's blue. Give me the, it's give got me the a white and blue. Dude, yeah, that's not, the it's, there's no way it's still blue and white. <laughs> it was, it's one of those house guys because it's right on the water, you know? It's got stilts in the front part, but our bottom part was actually on the ground. So the, the upstairs house was cool, but if we ever got flooded with a hurricane, we would have been. Fucked for sure. I lived with this hardcore. Envir- <laughs> I lived with this hardcore environmentalist. Uh, like she lived in the other room downstairs. It was 
really nice. Like there's well, two good rooms. job she's done. Jesus Christ. Yeah, right. The hell in a handbasket. There was <laughs> it's her fault. There was a whole house upstairs, like on the stilts part, and then the basement was like a there was a meeting area in the middle with like a pool table and you know fridge and kitchen, all the shit, and then. The lower part was bookended by two rooms, my room and then hers on the opposite side. And uh, she never spoke to me. She only left me <laughs> notes, a lot of notes. I remember like this. these sticky no- uh, post-it notes, like uh, the sponge needs to be wrung out further. Oh my than god! You, if you're gonna, oh my god! If, if you're gonna have uh, tin cans of tuna, make sure you recycle them. Like this is in 2003. In 2003 and four, I'll admit that I was not up to par in recycling quite yet. I will admit that. You were crushing tuna in 2003 also? Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it, I was, right, dude, I was smashing tuna in the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a cool house. She was, she was very southern. She was very cool. She had... That doesn't she doesn't matter. sound that would, cool. No, she wasn't that cool. I'm, I'm making it sound better because I'm thinking about her boobs, and that's yeah, okay. So that doesn't make her a better person. So no, I think it does. <laughs> well, she failed. She failed on the climate thing, so you know she uh, still she got a couple of assets she can work on. But work the, with. The best, Sorry, not my work most, on. my strongest Folly Beach memory. I only lived there. I lived there for four months, and then I moved up to Ladson, which sucks. It's like hell on earth. It's not even close to the water. Uh, I got arrested though, pick, by the Folly Beach Police Department. They busted me. Uh, this is why I say they hate. Lo- they don't like foreigners. They don't like tourists because at the time it's supposed to be a foreigners? locals only. Yes, seriously, it was supposed to be like fucking Point Break. You know, like locals only beach, bro. What are you doing here, bro? And they Johnny Ohio, me. what the fuck are you doing, Johnny Ohio? Yes, right. They Johnny, fucking Utah. arrested me. That's his name. I cannot okay, believe what, those what fucks doing? arrested me. What, man. what were you doing? What was For no on? proof of insurance. In ridiculous, ridiculous. So how 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 was how are they being uh, discriminatory? <laughs> well, because I had Michigan plates. I hadn't I hadn't done a residency oh, okay. change yet. I only lived in there for like two months. Uh, and I still had yeah, those, man. Those Yankee plates. I was going to say the only damn way Yankee shit. That out. is real. That is real. It is down there. It is real. I They're fucking pissed. pissed. They're pissed. And we're going to rent winning, a car that winning has the war, man. That. That W really sticks with them 150 <laughs> years later. Right. Even in early 2000s, it was even more fresh. It's quite a little less fresh uh, 15, 17 years later. But all, uh, the Civil War all, it's a little less fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, you know, because I, I really did want to fit. To fit. I, did. I, was, I was actually on my way to an awesome event. It was an NCAA football video game tournament at a bar and i was so good at that game i was gonna win money i was so certain of it i'd heard about it all week on this douchebag named bobby something i can't remember his last <laughs> name he was so south carolinian and he was the local sports talk radio guy on on the the sports radio channel there talking bobby, game cocks talking yeah, game talk, cocks, yeah. talking, talking uh, river dogs yeah. and we're talking and talking big, clemson yeah you know it's big down there especially for them it was charleston you know uh, baseball. The, the this university. was a big video game, up like in the style of the Wizard or something. Yeah, yeah, it was you. Like you're gonna show up. <laughs> oh my first, god! First place was like 125 bucks or something. Oh, I was amazing. Like, Dude, I I was primed for NCAA 04. Did you tell Did you tell the, the, the officer I'm about to win 2500 yes! bucks? I, I can't know. afford this I, ticket. No, that guy would. He was fucking scary, man. I was. And then did the cop like, put you in it? Did the cop put you in the back of his car and he goes, "Get in!" And then he speeds <laughs> you to the tournament. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been sweet. That's not what happened. I had to call Corey and get him to bail me out, to get me out, because they took my car down the impound. This cost hundreds of dollars. I had no money. I just moved down to South Carolina on a whim. I had no. I was broke, and it was and a they devastator, done, man. They done run you out of town. Yes. Hell yeah, they, that... I'm like, I live here though, you fucks. I live on this beat. That's nah, my no house more right Yankee. There. Right? They didn't believe it. They didn't. This believe one's it. for the War of Northern Aggression. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this one's for our side. Getting your yeah, man. That southern hospital. That southern hospitality shit is a myth. I think that only extends like five in a five mile <laughs> radius out from wherever they're talking about. You're so right. If you come in, if you come into the bubble, it is so palpable. Like where I, I was, I was a very affable person when I lived in Raleigh, North Carolina, but everyone just side-eyed the shit out of me while trying to be my best friend. And it's like, what the fuck did I do? Well, I think you miss, you might be missing the point of Southern hospitality. The idea is that it's, it, that it's the affectation. It's not the, it's not the like reality. It, it is a hostile environment, especially to not just outsiders, but definitely people from the north. We got pulled over on the way down south, and the and the officer literally told us that that very thing uh, that you know they pulled us over because we had Michigan plates, and that it was basically it, it was a it was nothing. He just kind of pulled us over and said. We were under mm-hmm. suspicion, but he was cool. He was cool. You were under suspicion of winning it was, war. It was just, it was weird, but, but that is, but that is the thing. It's, it's a hostile environment. Southern hospitality is, is all of that affectation, that etiquette. That is, that is the false nature of it. I will it's not real. The pace was pretty cool. Like I remember one time specifically just cutting cutting someone off in my car like it was one of, i just bone i just really bonered out a fucking driving move <laughs> almost killed somebody and they looked at me and they waved through the windshield like i'm like oh my god i almost like i almost really fucked both of our days up and your response was just to like give me a cordial Nod and a wave, which I thought was great. And a ground ball into left field for a base hit. They're going to wave him in. <laughs> and also, also the, uh, the pe- people in the South are are awesome, just like they're awesome anywhere else. Uh, and they're terrible, just like they're terrible anywhere else. It, it's mm-hmm. just, of but, course, but of su- course. Southern hospitality, yeah. though, is, is not because they're more hospitable. It gets hyped up in movies. Like, I, I, it's odd that you say that, Scott, because yeah. I, I just literally watched uh, Django two days ago, mm-hmm. and you know, so much of that movie is about Southern hospitality. Once they get down to Mississippi, and you know, they got the brand pants. Southern ha- Southern hospitality dictates. That yeah, we shake hands. You know, shit like that. Yeah, a lot of tea, a lot of yeah, handshaking for sure. Oh, brewing up sweet tea. That is a real one. I think that's actually a legitimate part. You can get away with all of your racist digressions if you just serve up fucking sweet tea. Yes. That's exactly (laughs) what I'm saying. Yes! (laughs) Sold! Anyways, yeah, I got busted. Corey helped get me out. But I will tell you this. The Folly Beach Jail has a beautiful view of the ocean. You can see it through a tiny window. 
Because I, I remember you could look out this window. It wasn't like a hardcore jail. It was like a room for two people. Luke was about to pay 300 a month on Airbnb for a room in that jail. <laughs> yeah, a room with a view. Up, I, I, 300 a night. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was like it was actually 450 at night. Uh, you know, it, but it has. It really depends on whether or not someone doesn't Meals get included. drunk tank. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, it's a bed I, and breakfast. Oh. I just, uh, our friend, Steve, that you referenced, and our other friend, Dave, they just uh, FaceTimed me from there a week ago. That's where Dave was flying over there because he's a pilot, and he was hanging out with Steve, and they were right outside, somewhere around Tides, somewhere downtown, because we uh, had some good times there. I had some really weird times there. Uh, I'd love to tell all my stories, but I don't want to incriminate other people. It's not cool. I'll save it for another time. But we'll need to figure out a way for you to tell these stories where things are anonymous. And uh, I don't. We'll, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, well, I didn't mention uh, any just, last just get a just get a you know get a waiver signed. Get a waiver signed by all of your friends. Uh, this this way you can tell your real stories. Let's preview a, a future episode where you tell us all about your jobs. Right now, like, what were you doing oh, in South Carolina? Shit, were you working at like Piggly Wiggly, or oh, what was this? No, that was a good question. <laughs> I actually went down job. there for the t- the TV job. That was why I moved down there. It was my first gig in television. WCIV oh, wow. Channel Four. Dean Stevens was the anchor down there. This guy's a legend. I bet if we Google him, he's still probably around. Uh, he was the sports guy at the time, but be- he became the main anchor because he was so popular. But he was friends with a guy named. I wonder if maybe Matt knows who this is. Matt, do you know who Reggie Hall was? No. You just seem to be in the know about so much Detroit stuff. I thought it was worth a shot, but yeah. Reggie Hall was a sports producer at Channel 7 for decades. Like him and Don, Don Shane. Shane. He was ba- yes, yeah. He was Don Shane's like guy in the sports department for Channel 7 for decades. And he, I interned at Channel 7 when I was at Spex Howard learning how to do all the uh you know standard shit and we'd cover friday night football games around here and reggie was a really cool dude he died a couple years ago it sucks it was a really cool dude and at any rate that's how i got the job down there because reggie knew dean he made a phone call and it was a shit job it was a production assistant but got me the gig so that's how i ended up down there that's what i was doing scott awesome yeah it was and that that was your 48th of 110 jobs. Oh, there he is. There's Dean Stevens. Luke just shared a photo of Dean Stevens in our chat here. There he is. Dude, he looks looks like a, he looks like a partial, like a, like he never quite became a man, but then his hairline. (laughs) A eunuch? How dare you? He looks a a little bit like a, like a derpy Dennis Hopper. It's too, oh, that's yeah. good. That's really this is good. fucking it's too much. Uh, it's too much airbrushing. Like th- this is not my fault. Yeah, this is his that fault. photos. This is his fault for accepting. I love Never happened. Allow yourself to get old. Have wrinkles. Look like a person. Stop looking like a fucking weird male Barbie doll with a fucking uh, with hair plugs. I hate this shit. You're right. This photo. Yeah, he didn't look. Yeah, he looks a lot different. It's now. not a terrible photo. It's just it looks very very smooth. It's very very brushed. Like you said, it's incredibly brushed. smooth. So Dean? this is a good, yeah. this is a good so, segue into the local anchor wars. I think, Mike, you were saying, was it Mike or Luke who wanted to talk oh. about Krim versus Bonds? Well, this goes to our email <laughs> stuff. So, yeah. So let, I'll, 
I'll set up the email and then we'll talk about that. But I, I do want to mention up, one thing. I'm, I'm very happy to hear this. Uh, I do want to mention one thing I didn't mention on a show we did a couple weeks back. Remember we talked about like, hey, has anybody ever been on TV? And we talked about my stepsister with the Pitbull thing. And oh, yeah. I, I worked in television, but I actually was on the station because Dean came to me one night because he was do He's doing a story about fucking DXM in Robitussin and how kids were getting high on it and getting out of control. Like this was a big yeah, deal in two thousand three. Yeah, yes. Two thousand three. This was like three years after you were like literally doing Robitussin. Yeah. We, oh, I tried it. Exactly. I was. I it was. It was not fun. That <laughs> was kind of fun. Some, I had some. Kind of fun. Fun. Some you, you robo tripped with Dean. Stevens? No, so Dean took me out to the bar. <laughs> what, if, what if he showed up? What if he showed up with like two jugs of it and was like, "I want to do this. I, I want to get to know this scene." <laughs> well, <laughs> then he, and then he forces you to like funnel it down your face. That's so dumb. It's so dumb. Oh, but somebody, how fucking awesome would that have been? It would have been awesome. It, yeah. it really would have been. Somebody yes. told him though. Uh, you know, I was pretty open about stuff, I guess. I met a lot of cool people who worked there. Was, we used to go out to bars and stuff. It was fun. I knew this guy named Jimmy John. God, he was so Southern. He's the most, his name was Jimmy, Jimmy James. Sorry, Jimmy James. That was how you, you called him Jimmy James. And he was trying to be a country music star, but he was already like 45. God damn it. That guy was incredible. He was, was such James a character. James. His name was yes. James James. Jimmy James. Jimmy James. He was so earnest. Luke, imagine how I was in 2004. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a lot, oh, di yes. I was a lot different. Very uh, needle. I would needle people and be contrarian, and I was very hyper. You know, and oh no, I, yeah, you don't do I that. Destroyed you don't this do that now every day on our text message threads, where you're constantly fucking trying to get a rise out of me. No, no, because you're living in the past. I'm not like that. Anymore. But I can understand why you would think I would be that. Oh way, no, so. the, the Liberty stories. Those are those are classic. Right, Liberty was a perfect example. But this guy was even more earnest Fuck than anybody you, I'd ever LBA. met. He had the patience of a. I don't know. What's the most patient thing you could think of? This guy was wow. incredible. And I would just, I'm like, dude, you're never going to be a country star. You're, you know, I would just tear him apart and he would just take it with a smile with this beautiful Southern <laughs> voice and this perfect mustache. Like he had blue eyes with blonde hair and he was so sweet. He was a little guy. And one day he finally <laughs> lost it on me. He, he had enough. And we were at a bar for like wing night, 20 cent wing night or something. And he just flipped out on me. He threw his cowboy hat off and he stood up and he pointed at my face. And like, I, paid, I put up enough shit from you, man. I'm tired of that. You know, he was like in tears. He was in tears. I felt terrible. I felt terrible. God, that was awful. <laughs> Do you remember what you were saying to him? Nah, do you remember? Just, do you remember what the conversation may have yeah, been? Yeah, it was just a just, constant repetition of like, he was always talking about trying to be a country star, and he's like, ah, I was in Nashville over weekend. I drove out there, and now came back here for work. And like, dude, you're a part-time production assistant <laughs> at a fucking local TV show. I kept telling him like, why don't you quit this fucking job and just go for it? Because he was always uh, talking about it. So apparently, he didn't like that, or it hit too close to home. At any rate, oh man. At any rate, I don't know. I'm taking. I don't. Or Jimmy James. On. But we need to find his music. I want to hear his music. Yeah, yeah he wonder... ends up he's he's the guitar player in Kings of Leon now. <laughs> <laughs> he's the inspiration he's a guitar for Jimmy player James in, in uh, Devin Skillian's country band in Detroit. <laughs> Shut the at fuck any up. rate, all right, we're gonna get to the emails, but I just want to say at any rate, Dean Stevens took me out to the bar after the six PM show one night. We did the six and eleven. So we'd have a break and we'd usually hang out for a few hours. 
And he asked me, hey, I heard uh, you had some experience with EMFs and robo tripping. (laughs) Yeah, basically. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, it was a tough time. I made it sound like a lot worse than it was. Like, yeah, I had a real problem, man. It was serious shit, you know? Uh, and it was stupid. I did it a lot. That's not an exaggeration. But uh, he's like, hey, would you be willing to come on, go on the show? I'm trying to do this, like, investigative piece for sweeps. And I would love it if you would be interviewed for part of the piece. I was like, sure. So my friend Corey and his wife Jessica my friends they lived in West Ashley which is in Charleston area and they saw me on TV one night without even realizing it in this hardcore piece about Robitussin and the dangers of DMX I don't even know what I said it was just like a couple clips of me talking about it my difficult time DMX Uh, did you mean DXM dextromethorphan dextromethorphan is what it's called I'm pretty sure I I heard you say DMX but you know I know I switch it up I call it DXM DMX he was listening to the Rough Riders at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at any rate, uh, I'd have to. I'm gonna oh, ask Corey man. about that and Jessica because I still wow. they're still good friends of ours, and I wonder if they remember that. But I'll ask them another time. Point being, though, let's get to the emails. Like Matt alluded to, we got a couple emails this week. We got one from Danny, who's Danny. diehard of a fan as there God. ever done was. What a uh, let's true blue guy. Well, he let's really not let's, let's not put him on the spot too much. What do you mean? You don't like he's our no, only I fan. Of course, he's on the spot. Awkward. I want to keep it. No, I want to. Keep <laughs> no, Dan, you, Danny's yeah, a recurring. You're, you're, we we have to utter his name every episode now. It's a, it's a big, you're the reason we do this, Danny. This <laughs> yeah. is the only reason we do this. <laughs> he loves this shit. He he makes it clear. I mean, I write him back in these emails. I don't know if anybody else reads these, but uh, oh, yeah. he said. This was his most recent. Gentlemen, I'm really grateful for the email reads. I was giggling the whole way through. See, Luke. See, there you go. Thank you. See what? I didn't say he wasn't going to find it entertaining. I, I don't know what's the. He lo- he giggled through the whole way. I think he's very I'm excited glad. about it. Yes, no, this is this is great. I agree with Scott. Tickles, in tickles that my okay, pickle. That he's into. Tickle your pickle. I agree with Scott that OK Computer is the best gateway opportunity into Radiohead appreciation mm. for Luke. Uh, yes, this All was right. a running thing while Matt you were while you were gone, right? Well, Matt was here for it, and then he left, and then Scott came in for it. This is basically like a two week running thing now with this radio. Yeah, unit. three fucking okay. weeks of Radiohead at this point. All right, all right. Uh, let me let me just yeah. Me, <laughs> so where I start where I started is the Benz, and yep. I haven't I haven't progressed I have given past a name that. To my I've pain. Been listening to like, the Benz. Uh, you didn't like my last your lung. You didn't like uh, oh, high and dry. Okay. Wow. No, no, that's on the Benz. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I, said, like I, start, I started with that. Uh, dude, I, I didn't, I wasn't super familiar with the, with Radiohead, but everything I had heard before I had hated. But here's one thing I'm, here's one thing I'm, I'm learning is that a lot of the stuff that other people love are the exact opposite of the songs <laughs> that I actually like on these albums. Like uh, fake, I think it was fake plastic tree. It's the real dreamy Tom York yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't, can't do it. But hmm. there's a lot of fucking, there's a lot of stuff on the bends that fucking rocks, and I am an absolutely, uh, I am a brand new like Radiohead fan because of right. this, because of this whole enterprise and because of this request. Come on, I started with the bends. What do you mean? Are you 
Are you happy or are you not happy? About I'm this? happy, but I just, man, you. I wanted you, I actually kind of just wanted you to be like, fuck Radiohead. Like, sure. I, tri- <laughs> sure. I tried and I hate it. It's about, it's about 50-50. <laughs> because on this album, there's about four or five songs that I, that I liked. Now, I didn't want to nitpick about Tom York's voice. And... However, I came across some of his politics, and I was fairly smitten with that. <laughs> Although I, I also came across uh, tr- troublesome pro-Israeli uh, comments, which uh, I'm not happy about. So now I might actually start hating him again. But for now, there's about four songs on this album, The Vents, that I actually liked. You, but you like I a- probably won't listen to them again. What about Johnny That's Greenwood? Basically and, uh, I don't actually like it enough to re-listen to it. Do you like Johnny Greenwood as a music score? I mean, he did There Will Be Blood's musical score. Oh, yeah. So that's what I was admitting in the chat thread. I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm an idiot. I was thinking of Tom York. That's the guy I don't like. Green Greenwood I like <laughs> uh, just conceptually and, and obviously like the, uh, the soundtrack for There Will Be Blood. But... Mm. I don't know. I literally just don't know enough about Radiohead because it's always been so just, it's always just been so repellent to me that I've just not even bothered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what is it? What is, and so it's just the whole sound. It's the, it's the sound of, it's the post hardcore stuff. Whatever sounds like post hardcore stuff on this, uh, like kind of like Texas is the reason or something like that. That's got, I, I don't know. You guys are better at music than I am, but oh, you know, it's, it's that stuff. It's that stuff that I liked, but again, probably wouldn't listen to if I had an option to listen to something else. Scott, I oh. thought what you said about Kid A being a dividing it. line between people who love uh, Radiohead and absolutely hate them. Which one? <laughs> that's, that's totally true. Kid, Kid A. a. Kid A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true yeah oh kid a was i mean that was uh an absolute like fuck you it's a masterpiece they, though <laughs> it's a mass it's a masterpiece and a and a fuck you which i i appreciate i mean my my favorite records are by a band who made it big on the like doing new wave music were given a lot of money and then created two albums that were completely different from everything that led them to that success. And I kind of like that. It's like, okay, this is this is you. This is what you actually wanted to do. I don't know Who why you, you made about? three. Uh, talk Talk. Oh, Talk Talk, yeah. Yeah, the last it's two Talk Talk weed. records. <laughs> the last two Talk Talk records are my favorite albums of all time. And it's just like, okay, let me grab that money and then do what I do what we want to do and then disband it. But uh, to me, that's they kind of followed a similar trajectory. It was like the first three records were this thing, and then the following two were something completely different. So, oh. um, I don't know. I, I like that, but I totally, dude, again, not I totally not, understand. I'm, just like, I'm not, not into, like, I'm not into any of it. Uh, it's like, all right, I'll, I'll give it. Yeah. If, if, if Danny almost goes off a road again, I, I'll give another <laughs> album a shot. 
I'll give another album a shot, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's never going to be my thing. But I do have I do have a better respect for yeah. I, I got a better respect for him based on that album, The Bands. And I, but the other thing is, <clears throat> I'm a big fan of I don't know uh, lyrics, but for me, it doesn't mean that lyrics have to be good. They have to just be good to me. And like to me, lyrics are better when they're explicit. And I actually really hate poetic fucking lyrics. I yes, just don't made like that. Very them. clear. Yes. Okay. Uh, good. Yeah. As long as it's clear. Yeah. As long as it's clear, then we're good. We can move no, on. No, man. Uh, hey, and let me take this opportunity real quick to commend you on consuming something that you either don't like are pretty sure you don't like or you're just you can actually say i'm not sure that i know enough about this so i'm gonna investigate it like this is the kind of shit like i need to watch more you know action or superhero movies because i'm super dismissive of it it's like i love (laughs) rolling up the sleeves and saying (laughs) i am going to investigate something that i am pretty positive that i don't like because there's so much that we can all consume to actually undertake something that you're fairly confident is like on the you know foul end of your predilections <laughs> is like really it's a really admirable no one fucking i don't know that like many people do that so uh three uh, three cheers promise to you danny i would do it promise danny i would do it also there there's <laughs> right. enough there are enough people that i i know love and respect that like it okay Moving on, Mike. Yes, Jesus. let's finish the email. So there's less oh, MBI. God. Let's go. <laughs> there's less. Okay, so now I'll read the first sentence over. I agree with Scott in that Oka Computer is the best gateway opportunity into Radiohead appreciation for Luke. There's less ambient Tom York yodeling, and it's a genuinely awesome rock album! Exclamation point. At the risk of becoming Is It Safe's version of Mel from Flight of the Concords, I'll try to relent from cramming the email box. Danny, you can send all the emails you want, buddy. You yeah, can be our it's going to take a long time for that email to get crammed. Yes, it will. <laughs> take a lot of more cramming on your part. Love the content. Love the references. Love the dynamic and the can chemistry. We get a little, I just put a little Danny boy. Can we get a little Danny boy in the... Keep bucket? it rolling, Danny, oh, yeah. our good friend in Alaska. That's beautiful. Danny, thank you so much. Can he you, says we have a good the, dynamic. I don't know where he gets that. but Can you play the Clancy Brothers Danny Boy? It's in the chat, please. <laughs> the little Danny Boy. I, I think I Danny likes it. I think, I think Danny likes it when I get accidentally inebriated and start yelling at everybody. It's probably his favorite part. <laughs> accidentally, huh? Speaking of which, I should. <laughs> it's accidental should, to me. I'm going to pop another beer for this. The whole thing. Yeah. This three. This three percent. Fucking. Matt, you must not be an alcoholic. You have no idea what accidental inebriation is. <laughs> Clancy Brothers. I'm finding the Clancy Brothers, but I'm not finding Danny Boy. So. Yeah, whatever. It's uh. There's uh, how, is that, how is that not like, like just there's available? plenty of Danny Boys, of course, but he's just asking for a specific version. Well, I was oh. trying to meet Matt's needs. He wanted the. I got, that's right. You know. I mean. I gotcha. I recommended Mickey Newberry's version, but that yeah, I can't yeah, do, do that. Good, God and good conscience. I don't know, man. That one's a that's a slog. What about this? <laughs> Is this me first in the gimme gimmies? <laughs> yes. Doing Danny Boy? Wow. Not quite. But still. 
So, it's funny, you guys were talking about how you don't like wow. first wave punk. But you like all this, this. I want to so bad. Here it goes. This is for Danny. Punk. Here we go. Danny's song. It's originally yeah. Anne Murray, right? Anne, Anne Murray, Murray did it back in the day. Right. So. Great Canadian wonder. But yes, uh, so Matt, you were saying something about our uh, punk rock debate. Oh yeah, I'm just kind of on the opposite end of that. I, I'm, I, I, I want original shit. I, the, I, I did my entry into punk original rock Original to what? Well, like, <laughs> just like, you just know, kidding. punk rock. The first wave punk rock. Yeah, real, real fucking punk. I just immediately started in the mid-70s. Like, I want to hear that. Dead Kennedys. Oh, that's even not even first wave punk rock. Exactly. Yes, I knew you were going to go even further back. Oh, he's going going to the more mainstream late 70s, mid-70s, like the Ramones. Clash, Ramones. New York Dolls is like proto-punk. See, this is like weird. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. It's interesting. I don't know. You know, 1977 is the year punk broke, right? And then it lasted like one year, and then you were into post-punk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you were into Wire. Yeah, yeah, sure. which I love Wire. I love post-punk too. But like, Dude, I love, I, I like, I like Wire too. I like the second and third and sixth wave shit or whatever. How many, how many waves we've had right. since 1977? Tons of waves. <laughs> but I, I like. Okay, uh, so what defines punk then? So what, what was it? Oh, a little personality crisis here in New York Dallas. Wow, love it. Matt nailed it instantly. <laughs> By <laughs> the one and only Buster Poindexter, who became Buster Poindexter. Yeah. David, what? uh, what's his name? David? David Johansson. Thank you. Sylvain Sylvain, rest in peace. Was fucking great in yeah. Scrooged. Was oh, awesome David as Johansson the ghost of awesome. Christmas past. Yeah. I guess uh, to answer your question, Luke, the Ramones, would that be the first punk record, Matt? Yeah, that, uh, 76. Yeah, that, that, Blondie that, punk? Self-titled Ramones album, which is like twenty-four minutes long or however long it is, is fucking awesome. And and it's funny you you well, mentioned like the... Scott, you were not into that. And to me, the Ramones is just the Beach Boys. You know, it's just it's like the I Beach mean, Boys. Yeah, I'm gonna do better. I, I, I don't hate it. I just I need to. Ah man, I don't know. I'm not what that. What defines it though? What what defines it? Like what is it? Because I've I, I've done I've done just my three research, chords, but I'm not invested in this. I don't uh, care. Well, as, as, Lester, started it. as Lester Bang said, I always thought a punk was someone who took it in the ass. <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought the Sex Pistols cool. started it first in Britain, and then it comes over to America. Is that not how we see it? I'd say Ramones is, are before Sex Pistols. Uh, okay, but the, the Clash, Ramones, Sex, sex pistols, pistols, all this shit comes yeah. together in the late, in the mid to late 70s. And New York scene, CBGBs. Luke, so this is that 60s, punk era. Not even the 60s. There is no, no punk rock well, there in the is. 60s. None. That's another thing. That's There's another no thing. Because you could talk Iggy Pop. You could talk Iggy Pop and the MC5. Yes, you're right. Exactly. This is what I'm talking about. This but these is are why all I labels. Hate I hate yeah, this. All, I cannot I stand this fucking debate. Oh, some psychedelia is kind of punk as yeah. well. When you bring that in, that's like a ring. Exactly. So then how do you define punk? What makes punk punk? It's personal choice, I think. It's about I mean, you know what makes punk punk. So I give you a reasonable definition. 
Punk is a DIY attitude. Do it yourself, you know, individualism, freedom of choice, shit like that. That's some that's what I actually is punk. That's like an ethos, I would say, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I read it as something but that is, uh, I would read it as uh who was it that's that had the guitar this machine kills? Who is that? Oh, uh, Woody Guthrie. Woody Guthrie, Thank yeah. You. Uh is that not punk? How is that not punk? No, I mean, not. It doesn't rock hard enough, bro. <laughs> this Detroit's yeah, but then that here. means but then that means punk has to have a certain set of like uh, like musical characteristics. These are Scott's, but, like but to me, punk, river punk is a mindset. Right <laughs> punk is a mindset. Anyways, I'm done with the punk. Yeah, concept. but I, 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 I think... I'm not an expert. I don't give a fuck that much to really fight about it. I just uh, I happen to like what I like. Um, yeah, and new and, school punk. Like, what does that even early, mean? Like, early yeah. punk is just like people's people screaming um all right you know fuck the queen whatever that's that's fine that's good but uh i like the fucking very like explicit intelligent shit that might be musically less innovative than what you heard in the past you know like i love bad religion for that reason i love bad religion because if bad religion made me pick up a dictionary i think yeah. that's a good thing I think Luke, that me, actually uh, had an important impact in my life. Yeah, man. No, oh, I okay. totally relate to that. Like, listening to Bad Religion in 94, like, um, Stranger Than Fiction, I that was the first record that I remember listening to where I'm like, to your point, like, oh, shit, I have to, you know, I'm a fucking 11 or some 12 or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to learn something. Like, this, this person <laughs> seems very well read, like... Yeah. There's what does conflagration like, mean? You know? Yeah, for like, sure. <laughs> shit. You know, I would sit there, and yeah. read, like I would read. I would, a have, ju- I would have just yeah. said argument at my best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. In like uh, Dead Kennedys uh, holiday in Cambodia, that that I think uh, to me is my first sense of punk rock because that to me is the first, other than just saying. Fuck the, fuck the sit like just being angry and fuck the system. That's the first super explicit fucking message. I don't well, Salt know. Salt Lake City Punk. Obviously, I don't know shit. So I'm just great saying. movie by the way. Salt Lake City I mean, Punk, great movie. But I didn't, I didn't hear, I didn't listen to Dead Kennedys until after I listened to Bad Religion and a lot of the skater punk stuff and all that. When did Fresh but Fruit does not come anyway. out? Eighty one, I think maybe. So, yeah, well, I mean, right. but but that was the first time there was like a it was like an actual story about what the hell like we were doing as an imperial power bombing other countries and fucking destroying cultures you know there wasn't a lot of explicit detail in any punk songs prior to that. oh well I mean I think but clash. give me some I mean the give clash, me well, okay. sure. the clash yeah the clash oh yeah the clash you. okay okay all right yes the clash I mean it's like uh, a couple of years earlier but this is so but, bogus man how are the Tigers scored seven runs against the Royals this is stupid come on <laughs> hey shit I had Boyd pitch tonight how did he do well he's up seven nothing over Brady Singer who got torched by the Tigers that's seven stupid nothing that's stupid Boyd but more uh, more importantly what about the Pistons the Pistons have to lose tonight more importantly, more importantly, guys, let's, uh, oh, let's a draft get back pick. To the oh, no. They, okay, yeah, they, they lost by 19. Good. Fuck them. Woo! Let's get that number <laughs> one pick. Kade Cunningham, right, John? Yeah. Uh, 
All right, so that was uh, Danny's email. Danny, thank you for the lively, spirited debate that you created. Uh, we appreciate it. <laughs> thank you, Danny. We started reading your right email 30 minutes ago. Oh, yeah. It's like Danny's a part of the show when we can have a continuous really interactive is, discussion yeah. like that. So. We got to get him on. Oh, yeah. Yes, I is. think it's, uh, but I think it's three in the morning in Alaska. So we'll have to figure out the time thing. Actually, no, come on. It's, it's four hours. So, yeah, it's like mid afternoon for him. Dude, perfect, this is so. a dude that would totally fucking party. He would. <laughs> Danny, if you want to call the show, you really can. 734 489 3224. You can call live. We can patch him right through, just like any caller on a radio show. Danny, if you ever want to call this show live in real time, give us a call. 734 489 3224. All right, our second baby. email comes from the baby. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe we don't have any fucking Arthur Penhour. You need Pen Hour, baby. You we do. That's a, in here. If we're gonna have some of the local stuff like uh, like Ernie and you know having George Kell, I'm really glad I got this. This George Kell drop. I mean, George Kell is so underrated, man. He was so good. George Kell and a ground yeah, ball into left field yes. for a base hit. They're gonna wave him in. There's nothing. There's nothing that makes me harder than playoff <laughs> baseball. Turgid. <laughs> yeah, I just I feel just engorged when I watch. <laughs> when I was watching Tigers baseball, I just felt tumid. I've never heard so many so many cognates for stiff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's get to our second email, Stiffy. Uh, this it's one's funny, though. <laughs> Hold on. You guys talked about game 163 last yeah, episode. Yeah. Rayburn. Oh, uh, Rayburn, you beautiful white bastard. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I feel when I think of game 163. <laughs> that got, was me. <laughs> we got, uh, we got mm. Metrodomed. Yep. Oh, we got Dome, dude. Yeah, that fucking hellscape of a... Oh, I mean, is there a... So many references. ...scarier fucking venue for a Tiger? Thank God they tore that bastard down. Yeah, man. Target Field, beautiful. We should go up to Target Field. I've never been there. I'd like to go there in the summer. I've never been to Minnesota. Didn't they have like fucking plexiglass, like a long yeah, wall, it was like, like in the boards. outfield? It looked like. <laughs> I think I remember like Kirby Puckett hitting home runs in the like early nineties over plexiglass. I don't know why they had that plexiglass. Yeah, that makes no what sense for. What the hell are you it's doing? The outfield. It's not like behind the plate for foul balls. Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, the turf you was that? presumably made of like cement. It was just yeah. Like, oh, and then. Like, like sliding on that seemed like a death wish. That's the worst. All those teams, all those guys got fucked, but they still were so durable. It's amazing. Playing on the Veteran Stadium, Three Rivers, all Riverfront, all these places had AstroTurf. It's just terrible. And they didn't, never had to live that way. And I wonder if those careers would have been even better. Like a Mike Schmidt, he played on AstroTurf his whole career. Would he have hit 600 plus home runs? I don't know. Who's to say? <laughs> you know. Craig Biggio. Craig Vidio, his uh, son plays for the Blue Jays. Cavan, C A V A N. So do with that as you please. But nice one, Craig. Nice name, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> but we got our email. Our second email is from Eric. Now this is an Eric that Luke and I know. So uh, friend of the show, also longtime friend. Eric checks in. Eric is part of the Cinema Nine podcast, Matt. So you know who Eric is. And beautiful man. 
He says, gentlemen, I've been enjoying the podcast. Oh, boy. <laughs> I've been enjoying. Yeah, I need Eric to take advantage. I need to take advantage of the email system for Cinema Nine. Uh, you really I should. I have not. I have not, and I definitely need to do that. You would be perfect for that because you're so. Good. It's right up your alley. You're right. You're wasting your talents by not emailing the show. Uh, our friend Aaron, Aaron emailed us last week because we had a guest on Steve Paulo, the guy. Remember Steve Paulo, the guy uh, you heard on my baseball podcast. He came on last oh, week. Yes. He yes. picked get. He picked get shorty, and he came on, and he was oh, great. Man. El- Elmore He's- Leonard. No yes, yes, yes. That I is no more Leonard movie. I had never love seen it. I'd never seen that one. So it was surprising that I missed it, but I'd never forget the posters. The goddamn like four people in their sunglasses standing like this. They were everywhere. But I never saw the movie until last week. But point being is uh we got an email from Aaron on that show, and I was talking about how I'd never seen Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail. I knocked out both of them. I did a twofer and uh <laughs> Dude, I would do I wow. do on that right now. You, well, it turns out uh, you've got mail. Aaron was pissed because I didn't bring up the fact that this guy like totally gaslights this woman and exploits yes. her and takes advantage Absolutely. of her. Absolutely. Yes. But then in the end, they end up being together. And I wanted Aaron to know, he wrote a great email about that. I wanted to let him know that I did think of that, but I got kind of rushed because Steve was on the show and we were kind of hustling through. No, so. this, this whole thing is about uh, mollifying the entire, uh, the entire audience into just like uh, going with whatever the fucking big studs do and, you know, fuck the little guy <laughs> and like fucking burn out these small businesses. In favor of these large fucking bookstores. Whoopsie Daisy. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Seattle story through and through. Yeah, well, not damn right. This is something. Nora Ephron. Yeah. Uh, she's an acquired taste, but got a, it's Jeff- got a cute, cute face on it, but it's got Aww. big teeth. Ew. Uh, Eric says, "Gentlemen, I've been enjoying the podcast, and I wanted to ask you a question about legendary Detroit news stations and broadcasters." First, who do you think would win in a bare-knuckle brawl, a bourbon-fueled Bill Bonds, or a stone-cold Mort Krim in his prime? That's an easy one for me. That's an easy one. Go ahead, man. It's, it's Billy Bonds. <laughs> Billy Bonds. What about the steely resolve of Mort Krim? Oh, I don't care. Dude. Billy Bonds is going to drive his fucking car through your house while he's uh, jacked up on Crown Royal and Butterscotch. <laughs> <laughs> you know that was Bill Bonds' drink was a Crown Royal with butterscotch schnapps. Oh, how fucking unholy! That sounds awful. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This guy. All right, after this, after like 15 of them, though, they taste really good. I've, oh, seen, Bill Bonds at the, uh, I've seen Bill Bonds at the craps table at like three in the morning, accidentally over at like some uh, Detroit casino, and uh, the, the the vibe I get from him is like, okay, he's he's like he's cool, calm, collected ish. Uh, the dude is, you know, hairy eyeballed, you know, from 9 a.m. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I think he's closer. He's closer to the guy that does all the uh, flipping rigmarole and in Indiana Jones, the dude with the swords, you know, who's doing all the Bill flips. Bonds? Yeah. It, oh, compared yeah. to Mort Krim, and Mort Krim is Indiana Jones, who just pulls out the fucking revolver and shoots him right in the chest. So I- I've got two Bill Bonds. Just been exploited feel, like a bunch of like, movies since then. I but. just feel like I just feel like Krim, Krim is just no bullshit, and uh, bon, Bonds could get you. Bonds will probably bite you in a fight. You know, Bonds is that guy. <laughs> he, I saw Bonds Bill Bonds. Probably, Bonds will probably punch you right in the taint and grab your balls, but like Krim wouldn't let you get there. You just put a gun right <laughs> on your head. So I, I yeah, kind of I kind of agree with you, Luke. I went to a, a Red Wings game at the tail end of the Dead Wings era. Like before, it was probably like 
maybe 94, you know, before they went to the cup and lost to the New Jersey Devils. Oh, 95, but, yeah. Yeah, that was 95. Uh, but Ooh. I was at Joe Louis Arena. Yeah, too soon, man. Fucking Bill Bonds <laughs> was – I was with my dad. Bill Bonds was just walking down the fucking concourse, just being a fucking local celebrity, shaking hands. He had a suit. He had the hair. He looked awesome. He had it together. And then like 15 years – well, I don't know, maybe even longer. I don't know. I went to this movie at the Fox Theater. It was about like Vietnam veterans from Michigan. I went with my grandpa his, through his like his like uh, veterans group had tickets. So we like fucking – I went with him to see this premiere of this movie about Michigan's Vietnam generation. And Bill Bonds – like so I went to the bathroom like during the movie and Bill Bonds was in the bathroom. This is like close to when he died. And he was like fucking blackout drunk. And it was like hugging the wall to get out of there. And it was like, oh, I was like, wow. I remembered you as a when I was a kid and you were like, yep. just like, it was like dark. But, okay, Bill Bonds was more than just a man who drank. Like, I don't know if you can find it. <laughs> no. But Bill Bonds no. used to do If you drink it, it finds you forever. From Michigan's Bill number one news station, this is Channel 7 News, 5 p.m. with Bill Bonds. Robbie Billy Bonds. Bonds. And Detroit's first news team. Robbie Timmons, over here, Robbie Timmons. Yeah, Jim Brandstetter's wife. It was emotional and it was riveting. A man from Michigan, a U.S. senator. Don Reed I'll find a better one, but yeah. Which okay, one do you want? Find, find his editorial about John Lennon's assassination. Ah, okay. And, Wait, and he, right. would do, he would do real editorials. Like, he would, oh, write, yeah. he would write something and deliver it. The guy was heavy, man. I've, no, got he, an even better, I've got an even better comparison. Uh, Mort Krim sees uh, Billy Bonds as the guy that is skating on skating on the path that he hath worn. And uh, Billy Bonds is out there at the casinos playing the craps table with his uh, peach schnapps and butterscotch where the fuck he's drinking. <laughs> and, Krim, and Krim is just looking at him with like steely fucking eyes through like a blinds, you know? He's got the blinds opened up and he's just plotting his death. That sounds awesome. So I think Mark Krim wins in this case too because Mark Krim is going to get him in the back. From Liverpool, John entered eternity, the victim of a mad act by a 25-year-old nobody from Hawaii. In 1955, John Lennon heard Bill Haley's Rock Around the Clock, saw and heard Elvis capture the world, and then talked his mother into buying him a $25 guitar. When he was killed last night, he was worth an estimated quarter of a billion dollars. Briefly, with thanks to ABC's Geraldo Rivera, this was the career and the legacy of John. Legitimate reporter, Geraldo <laughs> Yeah, Shut punk. the fuck up. Okay, stop this. Yeah. Stop with the punk John, rock. Ringo, George, and Paul started out We're never talking about that again. Cavern. Soon these four English boys trust. would change the world of music forever. The world would meet the Beatles. Ringo, and from the cavern, the four started around the world. Beatlemania was loose. They went everywhere, and everywhere youth responded. When they sang, I want to hold your hand, Good. kids everywhere said, I knew they were talking Smooth to me. U.S. immigration silk. officials tried to deport John on an old marijuana charge. Cadence. Great cadence. <laughs> tried to deport John on a The other official reason is uh, that I was bust in England for Who cares about John? I want to hear Bill. And uh, the real reason is because uh, yeah. I'm a peacenik. 
Last year, John appeared with Yoko in New York raising funds for the retarded. He raised $160,000. <laughs> Dude, he said that like it was bad back then. <laughs> he fucking knew that was wrong. He still said it. Now his dreams are over now. I suppose, like you, I am depressed and saddened by this mad, senseless Here act. We go. I don't think John Lennon ever hurt anyone. He wrote and he sang songs. He brought pleasure, and he brought entertainment to hundreds of millions of people all over the world. And at 40, when a man or a woman's life really begins to come together, he is gone forever, murdered by some insignificant nobody with insanity and a pistol for his companions. It's not fair and certainly not right. I wonder when America will finally control its guns. How many of us have to be murdered before that will happen? John Kennedy, Bob Kennedy, Martin Luther King Jr., all murdered, all gone. Vernon Jordan, gunned down earlier this year. George Wallace, paralyzed, his life and career ruined. People, newspapers, critics all over the world today looking at America and Americans and saying, that is a brutal, barbaric place. As I say, control the guns and ban so them, collect intense. them all and melt them down, I know we are not going to do that. We are again left with painful, senseless trauma and the responsibility of feeding, clothing and housing the Sirhan Sirhans, the Charles Mansons, the David Berkowitzes, and now the Mark David Chapmans of the world. How much better the world might be with Dr. King, Bobby, and John Kennedy, John Lennon, still alive, still with us. But no, Americans must have their guns. Now we know there is no shortage of good, strong, sensitive, talented men and women. We can afford to kill them. Our guns are signs of our freedom. Someday, maybe all 220 million of us will own a weapon. Perhaps then we will appear as barbaric to ourselves as we must appear to the rest of the world. No. We have so much. Why do we Americans need these damn guns? Sorry, I'm Bill. Fucking Channel Seven Action News at six, baby. <laughs> that no, is, I laugh because Kennedy's. it's so Kennedy's. Yeah, I, Kennedy's do nothing but save. They just saved America. I laugh because it's such a joke that this is forty plus what years a old. Fucking joke. And we're still in the exact same spot. Well, we he joked that two hundred twenty million people. Right. When, when everybody has a gun, we have four hundred million guns in this country. Ugh. More. It's you have to laugh. I don't have another response. I'll freak out again. So, so Bonds was a heavy yeah. hitter. That's my point. Heavy hitter. Oh yeah, was that he? was beautiful. That was well. He done. was a heavy hitter. Uh, those the schnapps, the schnapps, uh, the schnapps dealer <laughs> down the corner, on the corner. He but, fucking had one customer. <laughs> one good turn deserves another. If we're gonna give uh, the due to Mister Bonds, we got to give more crim a shot too. Let's, let's give yeah, some more. We got to give crim. Yeah, give. Yeah, we gotta have a Krim highlight. I just feel like I just feel like Krim. I just feel like Krim got no credit and Bonds got all the credit. Right. So Krim probably wanted to kill him more. So I think Krim's got the <laughs> Krim's got the look of death in his eye. He'd probably take him out. That's what I'm thinking. Because Bonds would be like, dude, come on, have a drink. And Krim would just fucking ah, yeah. just stab him with a like That's Joe Pesci yeah. with a pen with a pen and casino just. Joe Pesci fucking stabs his... And Mark Krim is alive head. still. First off, he's 85 years old. Still rocking. He's got a book out. He's got a book out. He's Wait, got a book, they, yes. Were they about yeah. the same age? Were they about the same age? They were head-to-head competitors, yeah. A couple of years apart, I would assume. Holy uh, fuck. Okay, I thought... I think man, they both also dude, tried to leave Bill the market. Bill Bonds was around forever. They, they both I did tried not to know leave that. the market and... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Wait, Bill Bonds elsewhere. would be... Uh, 
Yeah, Bill Bonds would be 89, so he's a couple of years older, but not so much. Bill Bonds was actually years. older than Krim? Yes. Well, I'm telling you what, the name does not uh, sound Krim? older. Yeah, <laughs> a guy Krim named Moore Krim old. is a guy that's ancient. He sounds like death, you're right. But it that's does not sound my death, uh, Grim <laughs> yes, Reaper, Krim very Reaper. Death-like. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, he's very death-adjacent. Uh, if he's not death, if he's not death, he's death-adjacent. <laughs> Let's see if there's a Mort Krim editorial. He didn't do shit like that so much as Bonds did because Mort took his, you know, his straight down the middle integrity very seriously. Oh, and man. Bo so then maybe it's the opposite. Maybe uh, Bill Bonds is looking through the blinds at this, uh, this straight laced dickhead <laughs> yes. who's just go. ruining, ruining the fun time that everybody was having in the, in the uh, media party. And he's like, I'm going to I'm going to kill this fucking asshole. But this guy is doing nothing but collecting demerits against me because I've got a massive bar in my, uh, you know, in my office that's constantly being fucking empty while he's fucking Amir Makeupson. Yeah, I never watched the Detroiters. Apparently he was in that. But yeah. I was over me. Yeah, he was. Wow. He would like, he wow. would like appear oh, yeah, on yeah, TV yeah. in the in the background of the movie. Yeah, the okay, Drew we, Mike show we has all tons know. of great drops from that. I never saw it. Everybody knows that he he is the inspiration for Anchorman, right? That's the whole. Of course, that's we all know that. Man. Okay. When I saw Anchorman, I thought that's Bill. Coming up at eleven on News Four tonight: American <laughs> computers versus yeah. Japanese televisions, fighting for your dollars. Kevin Kerrigan takes a look at the latest battle in the trade war. Off and running at Hazel Park Racetrack, but there are some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. tells you why. The Tigers are hot, but how can you keep warm in the stadium? Medical reporter Tom Ooh. Marshall has some advice. This is the year after the World, World Series win, 1985. Bless those boys. We'll have these and other reports coming up Bless right here boys. on News 4 tonight at 11. Bless you, boys. <laughs> some guy just jumped on the screen and said, bless you, boys. We continue with Wallenberg, starring Richard Chamberlain, Alice Krieger, and Melanie Mayron. This is scary. I'm Mort There's Krim. more. Coming up on News 4 tonight, cars, TVs, and cameras. They've been called the Japanese trade advantage. But today, Japan may have helped close the gap. Kevin Kerrigan reports. Baseball season's here, but spring weather is not. Medical reporter Tom Marshall has some tips on how to stay warm. A medical reporter. Inside. Could you imagine that? Local people wouldn't pay for that anymore. at Hazel Park, but not over who will win the race, Tim Coleman reports. And we'll hear Ken from Coleman. I follow him on Twitter. Wallenberg about I like Ken Coleman. He does Detroit history he's stuff. Another report yeah. Right here tonight at 11. There, there, is, a yeah, awesome. there is a report that, that Will Ferrell says he based Anchorman on. I, I don't know if we could, if that's an easily... Oh, here we go. Here's a, well, here's a searchable video about one. It. I don't know what the video says, but yeah. Uh, Anchorman no, 2 it's, star it's Will like, Ferrell reveals inspiration for Ron Burgundy, which is Bozo Krim. So we'll see if... Uh, <laughs> Bozo Krim. That'd be funny if his middle name was Bozo. Mort Bozo Krim, dead in 85. Anchorman Ron Burgundy. Luckily, retired anchorman Mort Krim has a sense of humor about himself. He takes zero offense at all. He might even get a little kick out of it. Take a look. I'll take the job. That suit, that camera-ready hair, and that voice. I'm Ron Burgundy. America's favorite anchorman is back, and now Will Ferrell is revealing yeah, the man who sucked. helped bring Ron Burgundy to life. <laughs> Meet Mort Krim. I'm Mort Krim. A now retired anchorman. In the new issue of Rolling Stone magazine, Farrell says he found inspiration while watching Krim in a lifetime documentary on pioneering journalist Jessica Savage. Oh, Good evening, yeah. I'm Mort Krim with Jessica Savage. 
He says, at one point they were talking to this anchor, Mort Krem, who was basically saying, I was a blank to her. What made me laugh was watching him. He still spoke like this. He still used his on-camera voice. Well, you have to understand that I was a uh, uh, typical, traditional 1972 male chauvinist anchor. <laughs> I did not take any offense. You know, comedy is nothing but, uh, and satire and parody is nothing but taking a grain of truth and stretching it out to an absolutely ridiculous conclusion. And I think that's what they have done very skillfully in uh, Anchorman, uh, the first Anchorman. And I enjoyed it immensely. Grimm, who's now that's an awesome. author and voiceover artist, says the movie holds true to life as a journalist in the 1970s. The movie holds true to life. I think excellent job of taking some <laughs> real situations, yep, that was some my real life. Um, tensions that existed and... Uh, and 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 squeeze the humor out of them. This weekend, the real Anchorman is heading to New York City for the premiere of Anchorman 2 and is set to meet Ron Burgundy for the first time. Not only will it be my first time to meet Will Ferrell, but more importantly, it'll be his first time to meet me. Stay classy. I really want to be at that introduction. That is one. All right, well, well done, Mort. Mort Krim. Mort Krim is true to life, stays in character all the time. I don't think he has a speaking voice. It's just his voice. Yeah, maybe I'm going, I'm going Bonds. Now that I'm yeah, thinking I'm going about Bonds. it. Uh, yeah. Bonds, is a, Bonds is a wild man and uh, isn't going to stand for this uh, Boy Scout <laughs> shit. E even though Boy Scout, by those definitions, uh, you know, back in the day. No, yeah. <laughs> Much yeah, difference. Bonds Much is, difference. Bonds is feral. He, he's, <laughs> he's a lot... He's, well, yeah, I'm going Bonds. I'm going Bonds in the ring. Man. Yeah, Bonds I think, I think with more is... Crim's head off the turnbuckle. Just oh! <laughs> well, there's a second part to this question. So back to the emails. Oh, there's a two parts. Yeah. Come on, man. Secondly, put some effort into that shit. I just I have like try. four opinions. Secondly, we all know that local news in the 70s and 80s was top tier entertainment. I'd like you to talk at length, which we already have, about watching <laughs> powerhouse news stations. We're not like experts on news. <laughs> watching powerhouse news stations like Channel 7 and 4 in Detroit, and how hilarious it was to hear titans like Bonds and Krim cover the incessant rampage that Coleman Young inflicted upon the city for decades. Whoa, whoa, that's oh, a little man. bit oh, man. Oh, man. Yours, oh, yours is seriously. <laughs> we're going yes, to we're gonna have to give him an episode later. Well, we we could dedicate an episode to that. We could. P.I.'s a postscript. Hang that on, can probably speak to it. Postscript says, I heard a rumor that Bill Bonds would frequent memories in Brighton, Michigan. He would sit in a quiet corner, pound drinks, and refuse to interact with fans. Can you confirm these reports? I can either I confirm nor deny, but I know <laughs> that he was in, he did frequent bars of that in that era. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, was, let us, and I'm going to have to reread, I'm going to have to reread hard stuff if we're going to get into that kind of territory. What's hard that stuff? Is autobiography? It's uh, yeah, Coleman. It's Coleman. Written with Lonnie Wheeler, the uh, co-author of Hank Aaron's autobiography, mm -hmm. If I Had a Hammer. Really? Uh, or I Had a Hammer. I think that's Hank Aaron's. But yeah, Coleman's, uh, Coleman Young uh, gets a bad rap. Uh, the the Red Book, the Little Red Book, the sayings of Coleman A. Young is uh, a requirement of every Detroit, Metro Detroiter's <laughs> bookshelf. And yeah, hard stuff. first uh, references on on the show, maybe like episode one or two. Or could have been episode about that. one. It was like at, at, at Meyer, yeah. And when next What's time you're at John, in his own words, though. Let's hear. 
Freight Black Journal conversation between Mayor Coleman Young and host Ed Gordon. That was Stephen Henderson. Yeah, Jesse Jackson. Yeah. Nation's not ready for a black president. This is 1988. You yourself are saying that that's one of the reasons that you couldn't support him wholeheartedly. I just didn't believe he could win. But you also have stated, or at least it's been said you've stated, that the nation isn't ready to elect well, that's a black why, president. That's why I don't believe he can win. Okay. Let me I ask believe you this. That, the, that, that there are enough white voters white. in America that are willing to vote for a black <laughs> candidate for president. You heard the same thing in 74, though, when you were running no, the, for The mayor. mathematics are different. You see, there is no relationship. When I looked at the vote in 74, mm-hmm. I saw that this city was divided... 50% black and 50% white. And I knew and I believe that if I could stimulate the black voters to come out and vote, uh, I could win. That's different from anybody aspiring to be president of the United States. The numbers there are 10% black and 90% white. But why not just say, as you did, that you might think that Dukakis is a better president, <laughs> presidential candidate and leave it at that? I said that too. But why not just leave it at that? Well, I had to give the whole truth. There had to be some reason for opposing Jesse. I uh-huh. believe that it's unrealistic to oppose Jesse. Right. I mean, to support Jesse. One other thing, and we'll go to the phone lines. Yeah. It has also <laughs> been said by some that it's personal, that you guys just don't get along too well. You know, you killed yeah, me with like this hearsay. Well, now, you, you, listen. Who, you, by, by whom you has it been said? <laughs> There are occasions that you've come here and said it's said and it's said. I no, mean, we're no, just I, I come room. here and said it's said and said. Okay. Dude, I don't deal in that. All right, let me I don't ask come you. off the wall. Right, let, I, I'll, I'll ask, ask you that too. I'll ask you. Is it personal? Do you say that it's personal? I'm asking. I don't know. Is it personal? Well, of course it's not personal. Okay. Okay. I would love to be able to support a black candidate. I'd like to see a black man win for president. I do not man, think it's says. possible. <laughs> now, he did. Yeah, he made that very politics. clear, didn't he? I'm a professional, and I have to think by counting the numbers and not with this? my emotions. I understand Coleman, the emotions of black people Coleman have for Jesse Jackson. Mm-hmm. It's like a tide. It swept this nation. <clears throat> we have to think with our heads and not with our hearts. You know, I think oh, that the off. key thing for us in 1988 is, is to elect a Democrat as 33 president years ago. who can present a program that will reverse the damage, the severe damage that's been done to this nation and to black people by Ronald Reagan. By Ronald Reagan, who in 1980, in 1980, at the Republican National Convention in Detroit, Michigan, at the Joe Louis Arena, accepted the nomination, and Coleman Young was there. Oh, he's the mayor. (laughs) Probably clapping for him. All right, so... Anyway, Matt, you're the guy to talk to here. And Scott, it sounds like you read. What's that book called again? Hard Stuff. Hard Stuff. Hard Stuff. Thank you. Fantastic read. One of the great Detroit books. It seems like like there's a title. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like, unfortunately, Coleman Young's regime seems to come down to race. Like, like white people think he was against him and black people loved him. And that's it. And that's not fair to his legacy, is it? Not at all. I think uh, people people shorthand what Coleman Hunt Young meant to Detroit by that. I, Coleman Young yes. was an, Coleman Young was a 
mayor of the city of Detroit at a very tough time to be mayor for the city of Detroit. 1974, when he was elected mayor, the city is already was losing residents at a crazy pace. I mean, you know, the city peaked in population in 1960, and it was all downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. I think the I think the 1960 census though was the highest official population count, and then. As he mentioned in his race, in his comments there about his race in 74, in 1974 was kind of an equilibrium point where the city was half black and half white. And a lot of people use Coleman Young as an excuse for Detroit's decline, where he just happened to take power at a time, you know? Yeah, that was totally the the company line because he was there at the time. I mean, you don't want to blame anyone that has power for anything that happens. Well, this I happens in all national, local, state. Like, who's ever in power at the time and a crisis happens, that person Getting will almost bust. get an unfair amount of the blame, which I know you're joking, but Coleman, Coleman Young, what did he really... What were the three things that we can look back and say, hey, Coleman Young did A, B, and C? First first thing that Coleman Young did, which was his major campaign promise, was uh, making the police force reflective of the city of Detroit. Resident. City of Detroit always had a residency requirement. But it was not being enforced. And when he became mayor, he he ran on abolishing stress, which was uh, stop the robberies, enjoy safe streets, which was a a gang of police uh, men who were were brutal. They were brutalizing citizens, particularly black citizens. And um, he abolished stress and then enforced the residency requirement and basically put the police department in line with the population of the city of Detroit. So you, he integrated the police force and made it reflective of the population. Dude, um, in 72, the population in Detroit was 50, 50 black yeah. and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 72. And, and, and the police force was probably Dude, that's crazy. 90, and the police force was probably 90% white. Quite. Wow, that is that <laughs> well, here, so here's, interesting. Here's, actually, well, hold on, wait. Here, here's the thing about this, because um, I, I, I have a, I have like this weird reflex to want to talk shit about this, but at the same time, yeah, there's there's a lot. I I can't comment on this. I don't want the entire burden of this to fall on Matt, because I, I think Matt is probably Matt is probably the most well versed in this subject by far. Right. I That's think if I we to. if we really want to get into it, I would I would be more than happy to uh, get into this as like a a full episode. But mm-hmm. yeah, well, I don't want this now. to be the case where you know you know Matt has to be like the voice of reason, and there's so much <laughs> that's not. going on here. No, he is no, but no, there's there's so much there's so much that is going on in this time in Detroit. It is like it is a historical example. This is like one of those cases that, you know, are studied uh, for other cities and, you know, how to deal with these types of dynamics. Anyhow, I mean, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to say like, oh, you know, that is being unfairly put on the spot. I mean, he's, he can speak for himself and all that. I'm just saying if, if we want to do uh, an episode on this, uh, it's, it's fascinating and I would totally do it. I, I would right, love we'll- to do an episode on Colin Young. I would love to. And then I'll I'll do my reading and then I'll, I'll stop making, uh, I'll stop making just like, you know, ass hat jokes. Well, I lived during the time he would, you know, I was alive for part of his life. He died in 1997. So this was the senior of high school for me. And 
he was always this guy that was from my my point of view and the families I grew up in, he was always shit on. All the adults, if they ever talked about Coleman Young, they would talk about him in a negative light. And by the way, all those people were white people. Precursors, yeah. precursors to uh, the anti-Obama people. This this was the Devil's yes. Night that, era. That's right. you see that you see that right off the bat. There's okay. another book, Devil's Night, Zev Shavets, and it's about Detroit in the late '80s, early '90s, and the crazy shit that was happening in Detroit then. And that was the Coleman Young era. I mean, you know, Ooh. Devil's Night was a fucking thing man like we lived in harper woods at the time oh my which God, was like yeah. right next door to detroit and on halloween you weren't allowed to go outside devil man devil man i'm convinced i'm still convinced to this day that the movie the crow is essentially based on detroit because i don't know it is they are know. in detroit luke in the movie they literally call it detroit it is are they in detroit in the movie yeah uh-huh yeah we did, did the movie on the pod a case. couple months ago oh no kidding Holy mm-hmm. shit. Okay. I did not realize that movie took place in Detroit. I thought it was just like a generic, you know, non It's not even city. like But it's yeah, it's all fantastical and comic book like. But the too, idea so. of Devil's Night is not as prominent uh virtually anywhere else uh you know, other than places that that experience uh, extensive white flight where there's empty homes and things to burn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Wait, wait. All right. So uh, Scott just brought something up that I really wanted to talk about. So we could talk more about Coleman Young. So why don't we all get more well-versed in Coleman Young? We'll talk more about it. We could do an episode about it, too. That's a great idea. But, yes, as far as Bill Bonds and Mort Krim, I think they were probably <laughs> both very tough on Coleman Young, I'm sure. But they were also supposed to be straight shooters, even though Bill Bonds did editorials. He probably talked. There's probably an editorial about Coleman Young from him. I don't know the relationship between yeah, Bonds, Bonds and Bonds says, Young. I'll, I'll show you a straight shooter. Give me yeah, that. hey, try this butterscotch drink, Coleman. What do you think? Like, I'm sure, I'm sure Coleman and, and Bill threw a few bags five more, somewhere. Five more buttery <laughs> nipples. Carl's Chop House on Grand River, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I bet, I bet, uh, I bet. But Scott just brought up something that I wanted to talk about. So, yeah, I'm going to switch gears real quick. Sorry. DMX and Shock G in that article that uh, I read. More, I wanted to pay tribute to Shock G, who was part of Digital Underground. He's also known as Humpty. The Humpty Dance is Do your chance. I mean, just so classic. It's such a fucking great song. That song is going to live forever. The bass groove, the way that it makes people want to dance and have a good time. It's just going to cut through all lines of culture and generations. But... I didn't get a chance to really say anything about it. Like, Shock G died on April 22nd. I was like, and people, yeah. somebody said, oh, Shock G dead. And I didn't even say anything about it. And he deserves a lot more from me than that. I was just kind of surprised, I guess. He's only 57. He wasn't that old. And one point this article makes, it's a New Yorker article, so take that for what it is, about rappers and aging and that the rap community or the style of hip-hop and rap doesn't support people as they grow older necessarily or just not conducive to the lifestyle i'm not saying that's right or wrong i'm just telling you what the article was expressing but but it does seem accurate i mean rappers don't age like how many (laughs) rap how many rap like i don't know maybe in 20 plus (laughs) years will be you know we'll be reading news stories of a bunch of 84 year old rappers that are dying <laughs> but i just don't i just don't think so it was very illuminating to actually have to internalize the fact that like so many of these rap you know like so many rappers die between the age 
of 27 and 55. It's really kind of... But more than rock stars or more than like pop stars? Uh, Interesting. I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't know either. I don't know either. Obviously, we'd have to crunch the numbers, but um, it feels like. It. I mean, it's certainly my snap reaction would be, yeah. Um, Drugs are universal to all of these genres, right? So that and the shock G did die from appears to be drugs. He was a meth user, and he had problems towards yeah. the end of his life. So, so that cuts through it all. But yeah. I think it's fair to say too that rap is a predominantly a, it was a black person's game. It grew it's from black culture, right? Mm-hmm. And we live in a country where black people have been oppressed. So they're gonna come from more often than not, there'll be black people that come from more difficult, challenging upbringings and developments than others. So that's going mm-hmm. to be part of the story too. You know what I'm saying here? Like I'm trying to put all of yeah. this. No, I, I definitely I was reading that article and it's like we often lose sight of what came first, you know, like oppression or drug use or this or that. It's like it's not surprising in it's not surprising that rappers die at a younger age. Seemingly, again, yeah. we don't know, but it seems like we lose rappers and hip-hop artists and those in the black community a lot quicker and a lot younger than the fucking Rolling Stones and the members of the Who of the world. Even locally, MC Breed, he died young. Yeah, and uh, and um, fucking uh, Mad Villain, uh, Doom. Yeah, that's right. He's 49. Yeah. What did he die of? Well, that's still, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, honestly. MF well, And then you got like yeah. Jay Dilla and Proof. You know, Jay Dilla died of lupus, but like Proof right, died yeah. of murder. He got shot. He yeah. yeah. died of murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> MC Breed, I think MC Breed had diabetes or something. It was like something like that related to his No, health. I mean, really, we have, 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 have Snoop uh... and Dre right now. You know, like as far oh, as the elder rappers statesmen that. From... Yeah, they're like the elder statesmen. They're fucking 50. Or Beastie Boys, Run whatever. DMC. I mean, who's left from Run DMC? Fucking Yauk died. Adam Yauk. Mm. Adam Yauk died. Obviously, uh,. What's his face from DMC was murdered. Oh, yeah. Fucking drug right. deal, which was a terrible. There's a whole story there that. Oh, Reverend he, Run. Yeah, like he got caught up. He wasn't a drug dealer, but he got caught up in this one deal, and he. Uh, it's awful. It's really a sad story about. I watched it's a like documentary a, about it. Unsolved case, right? Like. Well, technically, but the, yeah, but they have pretty confident. Yeah. Based when you watch the documentary, it's pretty clear what happened, but the, the technically remains unsolved. Yes. So yeah, th- those are all interesting. These are all. F- fair points it's just uh i just like shock g i I hate calling him shock g i've never called him shock g until now only because he's dead and that's what people reference him he's me he's humpty he's always gonna be a humpty and i've had so many good times with the humpty dance and digital underground was a a badass little r&b group in the late 80s early 90s man there's a lot of songs i like uh uh, same song uh you know kiss me and i'll kiss you back there's a lot of great songs i like by them Mm -hmm. and they we're also, though, in the fucking worst movie ever, Nothing But Trouble, the Dan Aykroyd nightmare with John Candy and Chevy Chase and Demi Moore. A fucking awful movie that, oh, it's so bad. So bad that I guess some people make fun of it. It's good in a way because it sucks so bad. Which one? 
Nothing but trouble. Oh yeah. Remember that? Bobo, little Bobo and these fucking weird creatures. It's so No, bizarre. I'm just trying to figure out what how MF Doom died. Um oh. <laughs> oh, but I but I also I also want if you guys are all interested in this topic, you should listen to uh Death at the Wing. The podcast by uh uh Jesus Christ. Why am I Jesus dropping Christ. his name? Uh Adam The dude who did Big Short. Come on. Adam McKay. Thank you okay. very much. Holy cow. I just drew a total blank. Uh, yeah, oh. Death at the Wing is his podcast about uh, kind of just random random deaths of these. Death at the Wing. Yeah, Death at the Wing. Uh, okay. It's, it's basically about uh, all these NBA players, like, you know, these, these people like on the rise and the like, prime to their careers who just like drop dead uh, kind of out of nowhere. And he uses that as like a lens to kind of analyze – or to discuss like social issues and whatnot. It's actually it, it's actually really good, and, and McKay is a fucking genius. So you know, uh, this is definitely a game, worth a listen, especially if you're interested in this kind of thing. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out for sure. I totally want. I would listen. Oh to that. yes. Oh yes. Uh, this is a game we played though when Scott was first gone. We haven't played in a couple weeks. Name the monthly amount of stream listeners. Digital Underground. Scott, ah, I love it. To- yeah. Are you on Spotify? <laughs> I Digital Underground monthly listeners. Um, let's go with uh, forty-four thousand. Mm. Well, I feel like that's good. That's I pretty good. That's a, pretty good guess. I feel like that's a. I'm gonna go with sixty. Guess. I'm gonna go with sixty thousand. Shit. Luke? Luke, Digital Underground. Digital yeah. Underground. Not uh, specific artists, but. It, no, it, it's, that includes the Humpty Dance. So I, think I know, you guys already... I know. It includes the Humpty. All right, it includes the Humpty Dance. I'm gonna go with. Uh, all right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with a million. <laughs> That's it. You nailed it. One point one million. Well done, Lou. One point one million of people a month are listening to the Humpty Dance. Are you kidding well, me? They're the listening Humpty to Digital dance? Underground. Oh, yeah. The yeah what dance... else are they listening to? What are the other Digital really? Underground songs? Uh, Humpty Dance has fifty-two million. Same song has nine million. Freaks of the Industry has three million, and Kiss You Back has. Three million. Three million. Jeez, Three million Christ. on Spotify. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the Humpty Dance is people just I think the Humpty Dance keeps this number up. I really okay. do. Yeah. The, hum- <laughs> the Humpty Dance is doing a lot of lifting. It is. It's blowing away all the other songs. Anyways, that's fun. We haven't played the game in a while. It's a fun game, but yeah, in the end, that's it. It really does come You should down probably to play us out with Humpty Dance, actually. <laughs> well, I already played it. I feel like I ruined it, but I Oh, you did? Oh, well, well it's, never mind. it's underground. You can't play us out with that. Yeah. I, I also want to give him credit for Tupac, too. Yeah, he should get yeah, a Yeah, I was he, just going to say that for sure. Really? Yep. Yeah, I don't he, know anything he about ushered this. Tupac and he like blessed Tupac's arrival, which was really interesting to learn that. I think at some point in my, in my brain, I knew that. But uh, yeah, t- I mean, Tupac. I think Tupac's probably one of my favorite three rappers of all time. How about a little he, uh, Thug Passion by Tupac? Well, he, uh, okay, Thug Passion, sure. Uh, he also, so Shock G co-produced this song and I Get Around, which was one of his first big hits for Tupac. And you can tell it's got some uh-huh. of that. It's like, it's still got a different vibe than totally. Tupac songs, at least in terms yeah. of the groove and the music. So Definitely has got a, yeah. Shock G's name's on this, so he might throw in a few 
featuring parts in this. But anyway, listening, yeah. listening to Tupac makes me feel like everything I'm doing at that time is like very important. <laughs> Every that you're just like you're sense just to me. yeah you're just like doing leaves outside and you're like dude mama yeah like I could be eating <laughs> I could be eating like over medium eggs and it would be the most important <laughs> breakfast I've ever had in my life. I'll tell you that I understand. <laughs> Brenda's got a yeah. baby, man. That's yeah. serious shit. Yeah, He's got the hardest good. voice, man. He sounds hard. He does have he does have one of the best voices of all time. This feature is Jewel, not the Jewel. <laughs> no. Okay. This is Bring not the motherfucking condoms. Jewel. <laughs> shit like that, dude. This is on All Eyes on Me, Tupac. Yeah. One of his bigger hits, one of his big scores. But yeah, so Chuck D's great. He's a big influence. He deserves credit for that. He was also, he played multiple characters, which is cool. He was very talented. The I remember I had the vinyl. Well, we talked about the vinyl collection on the show recently, and I had the Humpty Dance vinyl, and it was so colorful. If you could Google it, you could find the original vinyl pressing of it. It's a great, great drawing. It's cartoon shit that uh, he drew. He made all that stuff, so... Sucks that he died. Too bad. Drug addiction once again. If someone dies young, eight times out of ten, it's very likely it was drug related. It really is. It just sucks. That's it. Dude, and then they DMX, sell it on you know, t-shirts. They sell that. They do. They better. The Humpty Dance. Uh, oh my yeah. god. It's like all turquoise and shit, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a. Very I don't vibrant. think. Yeah. Now you'd have to be you'd have to be a ballsy cracker to wear that, but you know, go for it. A ballsy <laughs> cracker. <laughs> All right. That, uh, that can't be the name of the episode. <laughs> well, I think uh yeah, I think we can end it there. It's been a good show. We've had some laughs. We've talked about music, which is always great. Music is just a part of the show. It's always gonna be a part of the show. In fact, I've gotten feedback. People like it. People like that we talk and we listen to music. It's fun. It's there's not a lot of podcasts I listen to that are related to music, and I always want to listen to more of them. So I think this song came out the same year as uh, Radiohead's The Bends. <laughs> <laughs> Better album, All Eyes on Me or The Bends. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> more Cream vs. Bill Bond. The Bends versus All Eyes on Me. <laughs> Dear God, I can't do too Close many verses. Oh, God. <laughs> this is 96, so this is... Uh, Somewhere between yeah, the Benz and the OK Benz. Computer. Oh, it is. This was 96. Yeah. All right. See, now, now, now I'm back to thinking Mort Krim will whoop the fuck out of Bill Bonds because Mort Krim just doesn't take any shit. This guy that thug passion. Yeah. He, he, Krim, Krim doesn't give a fuck. Really? Uh, I, I, feel like, I feel like Krim would blow your car up. I feel like Krim would put a bomb onto your car and Bonds would be like, dude, come on, man, have a drink. And he'd just blow his car up <laughs> while he's in it. Well, don't forget. be like, get out of the way, old man. I, this is my turf now. Don't forget, if you want to set the tone on our podcast, give us topics to talk about. You can email the show just like Eric and Danny have. Is it safe pod at gmail.com? Is it safe pod at gmail.com? Eric. And, uh, you know, as we close man, out the Danny. show, I thought, uh, man, Eric. We mentioned DMX, so I figured we'd go out with some DMX tonight. Let's do it. Say farewell to, uh, a man who lived a rough life. Yeah, DMX is, DMX is like makes me understand believing in God. 
I'm like, I, under <laughs> I fucking totally understand why DMX believed in God. It's so weird. But I didn't know he was sense. a religious man. Oh, so <laughs> religious man. So <laughs> this is one of uh, his more tender jams. People know DMX for the yelling and the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but on this song, Slippin', he's trying to get honest. You know, he's got issues. He's trying. He's not always going to be the guy. He one wants of my, to be, but... one of the greatest, one of the greatest voices of all time. Absolutely, just in general. You can't make just that. listening can't... to him talk. I can listen to him talk. What? I've never seen that movie. Uh, I'm going to go see his movie. I think I'm going to go belly. See some yeah. belly. I've seen Belly. That's true. belly. What's yeah. the other one with uh, Steven Seagal? That one where they're like teamed up. I want to see that one. That's what I got. Crimson Tide? No. At any rate, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, everybody, if you're slipping and falling and can't get up, exit wounds. Exit wounds. They put me in a situation me to be a man when I was just helping hand. Damn, was it my fault? Something I did to make a father leave his first kid at seven, doing my first bid. Back on the scene at 14, wrote a scheme to get more green than I'd ever seen in the dream. And by all means, I will be living high off the hog. And I never gave a fuck about much but my dog. That's the only one I'd head off in my last. Just another look. Come on, headed nowhere fast. Hey, yo, I'm slipping. I'm falling. I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping. I'm falling. I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping.